This is Major Journalism. I'm your host, David Trom Dig Shanks. Uh, back with another episode here today with two distinguished guests. Uh, one you may be familiar with from the um, Guests in the House podcast. We interviewed this gentleman maybe a year or two ago. Yeah, um, nice. Mr. Selwyn Jones, uh, philanthropist now, an activist. Um, <laughs> Crazy. Most Crazy. famously maybe known as the uh, uncle of uh, our beloved George Floyd. So we're going to get into some updates on that and also um, discuss what he's been up to in the last uh, 12 to 18 months. He's here today with Liz Darden, who is the uh, co-founder of uh, Hope 929, a nonprofit organization. So we're going to get into that as well. So Liz and Uncle Selwyn, you know, welcome to Major Journalism. Hello, young man. How are you, Mr. Shanks? I'm, I'm good, sir. I'm good, sir. I want to say, I want to go on record to say, I think Uncle Selwyn was coined in a guest in the house podcast. I, I yeah. feel like I'm the first one on record. <laughs> we was in the house, to call man. You, to call you Uncle Selwyn. So, Uncle hey, Selwyn, how's it going? What's going on? Catch us up. Uh, I'm crazy. Yes. I've, I've literally gone cuckoo for cuckoo puffs. Okay. Uh, the world is still in turmoil. Uh, people still have anger, hatred, power and control issues. And we're just trying to make a difference, man. Beautiful. You know, we're just trying to make a difference. Uh, Ms. Darden is also my co-host to what, Liz? Setting it straight with Selwyn. Yes. Yes. I saw so, that. Yes, we partnered up with TMS Studios and Revolver Media to bring a political and inspirational podcast to help inspire and level that playing ground. You know, there's so much division in our society and we bring on special guests to have these conversations that we want to bring awareness to situations that occur too often because of what we believe in systemic racism. And there's so many issues surrounding that. So we just have these conversations and bring light and spread joy, really, because if individuals from different backgrounds, if we if we made more effort to try to understand different situations and put ourselves in other people's shoes, we feel that this world would be a lot better, a lot better off. Uh, we have our work cut out. Thank God for people like yourself for giving us the opportunity to see our face. You know, man, because if we're not heard, I, I mean, we can't, I mean, we can't accomplish anything. And you have to start. Yeah. There's always got to be a start before there's a finish. And there's a lot of people that hasn't started believing that we're equal, mm. you know? And, and that's what we, that's what I try to do. We're mm. all equal. Look, you can pinch me and it, it hurts. You know, uh, if I don't eat, uh, I'm hungry. There's a lot of people in this world that are, that are hungry for equality because they've been stuck, per se, in the back of the bus, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's still it's still that way today, man. And I hate it. You know, I hate it. We see so many things that you just want to shake your head at, you know? And But if you shake your head, nothing gets done. So I want to shake my head. Let's get it. 
Let's right. get it, boy. Right. Like we're going to go eat lunch, which is coming up pretty soon. Let's get it. Let's get right. it. And, and I love I love the cover art on the uh, podcast as well. You look like James Bond. I love it. <laughs> you got the shades on. I love hey, it. Hey, man. Oh. Hey, man. I was going to go eat, son. I was going to go eat. That's what I was about to go do. But um, I wanted to. Um, so we've got the podcast. We've got um nonprofit organization. We've got a book deal. We got a um, book. We've been very busy. Um, talk about just, I guess, that transition from being like a morning uncle to taking action to where we are now with the book, with the podcast, with the nonprofit organization. Let's get into what the nonprofit organization, is it organization or organizations? Because it sounded like Liz said plural. So are there I've multiple organizations you're involved with? Mm -hmm. uh, we've got uh, Soul for Heart and we have Hope 929. And I've just been trying to keep moving, man. You know, uh, I don't know the word quit. And I my thought process is to do everything humanly possible to put me in a position for people to see this ugly face. For me to be able to be effective in this world. The, the book, it's not about selling. Some parts of it is about me, you know, but it's basically about change. Because as you said, that morning uncle well actually i never mourned you know that's the reason why i'm able to communicate with people that are in that are in similar situations grief to me means i need to get to work you know a lot of people a lot of people's families that you know i know we've got we're involved with a group and you got women that are that have been going through this for 10 to 12 years and they're still angry mad I was angry and mad for about a day. And then, okay, man, what can we do to have our nephews back? But it wasn't just my nephews back. It was all people that looked like us, Shank. Oh, wait, it was all people that looked like Liz. I believe in Black Lives Matter, but I believe in all lives matter, man. You know, because we all come here for a short period of time. Why can't we? I want to make the world a better place when I'm at when I leave than before I got here. So, man, you know, it's hard. You know, I talk to people all the time and, you know, and, and that process of, of losing a family member and the way that people subject the family to torment, that talk crap about the family. The granddaddy that, you know, that ran off the road, they got a speeding ticket a hundred years ago was the reason why uh, police brutality happened. And that's sad. So, you know, man, it's, I got, I don't, I don't take it, I don't take it hard. I don't take anything difficult. All I know is I'm that person. I would say, how can I say this? Most people tell me they're sorry. A lot of people say I'm sorry about your nephew. I don't take it as I'm sorry. I take it as I was the person that number was called to go to work. You know, so I use this as, as fuel to go. Right, you know? right. So, you right. know, man, it's hard. I and admire that about you, Uncle Selwyn, because there's so many people going through similar situations, grieving, and just want to close themselves off. And we all have our own way of handling grief. But you took 
you took this opportunity to help others. People reach out to Uncle Selwyn daily because there is a lack of tools and support for people overcoming um, their family members being murdered by police brutality or gun violence or or also people reaching out that have been homeless and or transitioning out of incarceration. And, and that's what inspired Hope 929 to come about. It started as an empowerment group. We would meet, you know, every couple of weeks and just all across the country have individuals tell their stories and say, how can we help you? How can we, you know, shed light to your, to your situation? Because unfortunately, our society, if there's not a, enough awareness that is brought to the injustices, then nothing's going to be done. It, prime example, George Floyd, Daniela Frazier. If she wasn't there to record his murder, would this movement have expanded to where it's at today? No. Right. You know, so the right. more awareness that we bring, the more conversations that we're open to having, that p moment was so pivotal because businesses, cities, people from around the world just took their stance and, and started to understand, you know, systemic racism has a huge impact, has a huge effect on people all over the world. And it's time to start realizing that. And it's time to start changing and, and making a more, like I said, level playing field for everybody to have equal opportunities and move forward in life. Isn't it sad that we as people, people of color, people in general, have to go through the same torment that our ancestors went through. Think about that, man. You know, uh, Brittany Grandma got released from prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and uh, we debated on that on our show a couple times. And what, where does the sadness come from? The sadness comes from a African-American LBG woman that was in playing basketball that had a minuscule amount of THC liquid. Now, you ready for this one? She got more time, original time, than the police officers, three police officers that killed my nephew. Yep, almost triple the that. time. Almost triple the time, right? Yeah, think about that, man. So, does anybody like us? <laughs> you know, does anybody respect the color of our skin, you know? And so, man, you know, I don't preach for a black person. I preach, let's get our, let's get our butts to moving. And because we're just not people of color, we are people strong. You know, mm -hmm. we yeah. have just had knees, ropes, chains, whips, you know, and we're breaking that, man. We have to break that in order for us to be a whole, a whole rounded individual, man. You know, and I'm going to tell you, this is ugly because I had police brutality. We talk about gun violence. You know, and the first time people say, more black people kill black people than black people. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that's a problem that has been with us for hundreds of years because we were taught not to like each other. We were taught back in the other days, if we bond together, you know, you got five white people that are running a, running a camp. You have 200 people working in the camp. So, you know, that that's that Willie Lynch power and control and whoop that butt. You know what I'm saying? So, man, and that still happens today. Yeah. So, you know, 
I'm not, this isn't sadness. This is happiness because we're moving ahead. Sadness is when you stay in, when you get stuck in the mud. You know, uh, I don't believe, I don't believe in quitting, man. You know, and I can't, how can I quit on this? How can I quit on this? Since people- and you have a lot of prestigious individuals backing you, Uncle So, and on your book, you have Cornel West that did the forward, Ben Vereen that did the introduction, his ben co-author, Vereen. Nan O'Brien. <clears throat> she offers a historical perspective of the journey, not journey, the, the way this country has been set up and uh, the effects that still exist today from enslavement and the Jim Crow. And Uncle Selwyn was born into abject poverty as the youngest of 17 children. And just the things that his family had to endure and overcome and get to where he's at today as a successful businessman. And just tying into the series of events leading up to and, and up until now from the point of George Floyd's murder, I highly recommend the book and people can go get their pre-orders at fanentertainment.net. And the book is, what is the name? What's the name of the book? A silent civil war. Go ahead. A silent civil war that my nephew exposed to the world. (laughs) Okay. 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 I like that. Because there was a war going on and two types of people, people that, could read and people that didn't want to read. And the people that didn't want to read had nine minutes and 29 seconds to get it stuck right in their face. They played that video over 10,000 times in, in a week. So you were in my family <laughs> for the first week of his death because that's all you saw. And you had all these people that thought that we were different that had to watch that video and they know how to read now. They know how to read. It, they saw something that that they knew that existed, but you didn't physically see it. And they physically had an opportunity to see how their people destroyed people of color. And the whole world came to life because they knew that in this world and this society that those four police officers were free for four days. They were free. And if Darnella Frazier wouldn't have been there, I don't even want to think of that. I don't even want to think about what would have been if Darnella Frazier wasn't there on that corner. She's a hero here. She's a, she's a hero. Absolutely. Now I want to, um, I want to, because I want to catch up with, how the family's doing, but hold that for a second. I want to kind of rewind back and I want to ask Liz about her kind of entry into this work, how you met Selwyn and just give me a little background on, you know, kind of your, your inspiration and what got you to move in this direction and get into um, advocacy and activism yourself. Absolutely. Well, Going back to my early childhood, I was born and raised in Anchorage, Alaska, a very diverse community, attended the most diverse high school in the country, and eventually moved 11 years ago to Harrison, Arkansas, that has a horrible reputation of being the most racist in the nation. Originally, I had a fear to move here because I'm raising culturally mixed children myself. The head of the KKK is about 10 miles from my house, and that instilled a fear in me. 
But instead of living in fear, I chose to get involved with the community, become an educator, join the task force on race relations, got appointed to co-chair, and just started coordinating events to bring unity in the community. We partnered up with the Martin Luther King Jr. Commission, and that was about a year ago in November, and they had Uncle Selwyn as a special guest. I spoke at that event, and ever since then, Uncle Selwyn and I just collaborated, started meeting with individuals from around the country, and just see how can we make a difference? How can we utilize this platform and actually create change in a positive direction? So that's where we're at, and that's um, how we co-founded Hope 929 where we want to help individuals who have been historically marginalized, whether they are overcoming incarceration, homelessness, drug addiction, um, overcoming uh, police brutality, and just help them give them tools. We're in the process of partnering up with organizations that will help public safety. It'll help help police force. It'll help connect individuals to um, feel more safe, no matter what circumstance they're in, because they have an app that can notify individuals of where their whereabouts is and it'll also connect them to the general attorney to let them know like hey this 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 happened here actually document that and this company is called i'm aware but we're in the process of partnering up with them and and similar organizations that just want to make a change and that's what this is about business is about collaboration and we're in the business to serve and change lives beautiful 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 and so uncle selwyn how is the um your family doing um in these last two years? Um they are they're moving, you know, they are they are they're going through the process. That's what I say. They go through the process and people have different ways of feeling. Some people some people are well obviously extroverts and introverts. I am the only one right now that got my feet on the ground, getting it. My sister obviously runs the foundation in Minneapolis. Uh, Mourning to me is, let's make a difference. So I am in this to win this, per se. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? And, um, Speaking for yourself, I don't want you to speak for the entire family, but speaking for yourself, what are your thoughts on, um, you know, naysayers in the last two years and and, and recently, um, Kanye, the, the Candace Kanye. Owens of the world, the Kanye's of the world. Oh, boy, you see me set up? You see me set up? Get ready. Man. The documentary that she has, the greatest lie ever sold or ever told George Floyd and the rise of the BLM. It's unfortunate that she's putting, okay, I get the organization aspect. I haven't watched the film yet, but it's unfortunate that you are like debunking a whole movement that is so necessary, especially as a person of color to come out and say such about her own people. And especially George Floyd, the comments that she made about George Floyd, it's just, uncalled for because he's a person right. who matter no matter if he had whatever substance inside of him his voice mattered. Money. he was money go ahead money no good going 
I, I'm just being. I'm, I'm being. He's ad living. Yeah, I'm ad. I'm putting hook in there. Money. So, and I think the people would like to hear from you. On money. What about money, Uncle Sowen? I'm putting a hook in there. Money, money. When you were talking money, I was trying to make the song going. It is about them dead presidents. There's absolutely nowhere in the world that you could get me to turn my back on all of my folks because of a dollar to join the side of people that think that we're different. You know, uh, God bless her soul. I hope she has a very Merry Christmas and a very Happy New Year. That's what I say about Miss Candace Owens. Uh, my job isn't to, to talk crap about people and, and to talk crap about people. My job is to help people. And people that don't believe, hey, man, I tell them all the time, if you don't want to hear what Uncle Sheldon got to say, and I got a lot to say, buddy, uh, don't listen. I don't want to force anything on anybody. But if people want to hear a true story by a true person, you listen to me. If not, that's okay. Because everybody's not going to believe. Uh, if everybody believed in the same thing, this would be sad. You know what I'm saying? But this, it just it just blows me away, man, when I think about people. I had somebody send me last week that uh, sent me a, uh, a little uh, I, uh, a little meme, and it says George. I mean, uh, George Floyd has been sober for two years, six months, and whatever. And what that meant was the only way he would be sober is if he was dead. So you know, man, I don't think the hatred's ever going to leave. Mm. I don't think ignorance is ever going to leave. You know. So you know, man. People that want to want to see, want to hear, listen. Hey, we're fine. But it may not never leave, Uncle Selwyn, But it's our duty to listen. It's oh, our yeah. duty to walk with humility, peace, and love. And I'm a believer, and a lot of other people claim to be believers, but express and demonstrate hatred. And when we close off a whole group of people that are experiencing situations that seem to be a vicious cycle that keep coming about, more division ploys come into play. Even with the Britney Griner, for instance, you know, people are mad because they traded Britney Griner instead of the veteran. I think it was Waylon is his last name, who was accused of being a spy. But there's a whole debate in that. And instead of just being excited for someone that found justice, we're finding more reasons to just continue this division instead of coming together. If, if we could just try to understand other people's experiences, this world would be a much better place instead of just moving forward with our own opinions and our own experiences and not looking beyond ourselves. You know what opinions are like? <laughs> Everyone has one. one. You know? And, oh, and most of the time, people should just keep it within. Well, the thing is, I think even beyond that now, Everyone has a platform, so everybody has platform, opinions man. and platforms are now. <laughs> so you're, you know, before you had an opinion, you had no outlet to express it, and now anyone can crack this mic, anyone can turn this phone on, and so what we have are a lot of people who are just, you know, contrarians. They just go the opposite way of the tide just for the sake of going the opposite way. Just for the, the heck tide. Of it. I crazy. guess. I guess. Um, 
more so just as someone who's um, or as individuals, both of you have um, transitioned into dedicating your life to um, this fight for unity and equality, how, you know, do you get discouraged? Do you, knowing that there's always going to be a segment of people that no matter what you say, no matter what you bring, no matter what your efforts are, these folks are going to believe what they believe. Some of these people who believe that, you know, theories and the fentanyl and all of this, they were going to believe something either way. They were going to find a reason why the movement shouldn't be the movement or we shouldn't be thinking about this or the, po the police did nothing wrong. There was nothing we can say or do that's going to make them think opposite. Do you feel like fighting against that current, do you ever get discouraged? I want to know how can you be, I'm not calling any names, how can you be a billion dollar rapper? When did you get your medical degree in between rapping and chasing uh, Kim? And, you know, and it's amazing that people want to find, people want to put themselves in, in the light. And sometimes it don't matter if you're in the light. You know, uh, I don't, I would never want to receive any gifts from downing a death of anyone, especially a movement, a movement like we have, man. This is, this is in it to win it stuff. You know, I'm going to die and I'm probably going to die earlier than I was supposed to because I put my foot in the fire and I sat there and I watched my nephew's brutal torture murder. And from that day, that's how we got involved. I have been straight ahead, you know, because without dreams, nothing happens. And I didn't dream this. This was a nightmare. And same principle, man. You see it, okay, you focus, okay, this is what this is what our plan is. I can lead a horse to water. I can't make him drink. Those that don't want to drink, hey, man, I got another place for you. I can tell you to go, but I'm politically correct now, and I don't use those type of words anymore. I'm a Christian. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All I know is this. There's a lot of people in this world that need Jesus. <laughs> Sister Darden. Uh, man, let me tell you, I got to tell you how I met crazy. I, I got to tell you how I met crazy. I went down to, uh, Harrison, Arkansas. Now they have towns. It's supposed to be the most racist town in the world. Wow. They've got that's, billboards. That's quite, a, that's quite a title. Yep. They got billboards that said, you know, uh, white power, white power radio. Wow. They have, they have billboards that just totally display if you're black, you need to get your ass out of town. Cause that you don't belong here. And and uh, Deshaun Scarborough called me and asked me, "Hey man, we're having an event down in Harrison. It's the most racist town in the world. Would you like to join us?" Heck yeah! I'm <laughs> right, that, man. right into the smoke. Let's get I it. Love it. <laughs> Let's get it. Uh, yeah. And uh, I go when I see this Caucasian young lady walking. She has three babies behind her. Most of the time when you see a Caucasian young lady with, with biracial babies, it seems like they're on the outskirts. 
especially in small towns, because obviously they didn't they didn't have this didn't happen there. So they right. had to come home, humiliation, you know. Right. And right. just gonna walk around with a head up, just you know, and I'm thinking, man, okay. And I'm standing on the I'm on the uh, podium and they gave her an award. And Shanks, she started talking. Mm-hmm. And you know, and she accepted her award, and you know, and she said, Thank you very much, you know, nice and meager. And then she's like, Hold on, give me the microphone. <laughs> and she grabbed a microphone, man. And she started putting it down hard. Mm. But basically what it was, basically what she was saying was, my babies, the mine, ain't nobody going to mess with mine. Right. And if you mess with mine, we got issues. So she literally put herself in the in the ring of fire for her babies. Yeah, well, those mama bear instincts kick in. You know, they, they're the most powerful. And I, loved it. I'm, I got goosebumps on my arms. And that's, she said that, Shanks, you know what she did? She dropped the mic. Mm. Walked stage, I walked. It was like that. It was like that. That seven twenty dunk. You know mm. what I'm saying? I was like, my arms got goosebumps on my couldn't even pick my arms. I when she walked by me, I was like, and and that's how that came, man. Because that power and that passion, right? You know, of a person of a small statue, big big dream, big mindset. Mm. Uh, that just totally kind of gravitated me. Hey, man, listen, we got to hook up. We got to do something. That's what we need in this world. So, and that's how we've been rocking, man. You know, we are. I got to get this correctly. There's 10% of the people that have beautiful tans like us. There's 72% of the people. And basically, what I'm saying is there's a sister, there's a wife, there's a niece, there's a cousin, there's somebody that sort of kind of might resemble Liz. Well, when that situation happens, I'm not about, I am about black power, but I'm also about all power. Right. So how many people could I reach versus how many people could she reach? Uh, you know, so I'm just trying to kill two birds at one stone, man, because I want everybody to come in our house, baby. I want everybody to be in the house because if you're not inside, you're outside. People, we don't need to be looking in anymore. We need to be in the house. And there's a lot of people, man, that they want to come, but they don't. I really wish we had more people that cared, man. You know? I think a lot of people care. I think a lot of people have been um, kind of beat into submission, so to speak. A lot of people don't think their voice or their actions can cause any real change. And so, um, you know, folks like you and Liz and what you're doing, the inspiration that that gives to people to know that you don't have to be, uh, you know, LeBron James or a multi-billionaire to have a voice. Um, You can just decide that you want to do something and you can just go into action um, you can take something that could be labeled as a tragedy, um, a personal tragedy, and you can have that galvanize you to, um, you know, act. And I think that that's, that's important. And that's, you know, that's what we're doing here. Um, individually and collectively, I think we have to understand that collectively we're, we're stronger. 
So, you know, sometimes, man, you have to put them on the front porch. <laughs> you have to make them, you have to make them look in and you have to educate, motivate. And sometimes you might use a little, might lose, might use uh, that little irritate situation. Yeah. And uh, you always got to have that conversation, you know, because without conversation, without talk, there's no results. And that's pretty much my basic uh, thought process. We all got to talk because how does things change? By communication. Because most people think that most people believe change comes with what? Change. Violence. Yeah. That's how change comes. Yeah. And I mean, historically. Yeah. Historically, and most of the people, how much blood has been spilt off our, off, off our back? Too much. Too much. How much blood has been spilled off their back? Not much. In this country? No. Not much. <laughs> no, pretty much what, it, you know, when people always talk about uh, the, the national anthem, uh, I believe I love my I love I love I love America, I love my people. The reality is, when the when that was made, our ancestors were slaves. Very much so. But that wasn't built for us. That wasn't made for us. No. Politics politics wasn't made for us. No. You know? this, co this, was country, this country wasn't made for us. This country wasn't made for us. Right. You know? and I don't. You know, and some people say, "Well, if you don't like it, leave." I came, I got kidnapped. My hands got kidnapped. You know? So I'm stuck here. I'm not going to say any, any, any horrific things about this beautiful place that I live. Because I like, I like where I'm at. But it isn't the place. It's the people. And there's so many people that have so much hatred in their heart. I don't know if it's envious, jealousy, or what. Prime example, you know where I live at. I still live here. That's amazing. And I, well, since I since I've seen I mean, you, I've had yeah. I've been run up. I had my house run up in. I don't know about mm. two times. You know, uh, we had a string of robberies in town. <laughs> we had a string of robberies, okay. and right behind my motel, there's a there's a store, is a Napa, and and that was one of the robberies. Wow! And they came and got our video, and I can't get gas or any commodities in town, and I was driving that devil. And she gave out a gas. And my wife was following me. Now, at the same time, there were some people robbing the store. So I gave them my video to see if they can, you know, get any uh, evidence of who it was. And this was on a Monday. I'm doing a Zoom call Wednesday upstairs. And my little nine-year-old comes up to me and she's, Dad, I want you to be calm. She's real sweet, little baby girl. I want you to be calm, Daddy, because you're going to be mad. You're going to be mad. There are four police officers downstairs, and they want to search the house for a, for a sandal and a sweatshirt used to rob the store. And she's like, Dad, I'm going to go now because I see your eyes. And I sat there, and I was like, what's going on downstairs? And my wife said, Miles, they want to look, look at, they want to, uh, they want to check the house. They want to search the house. I was like, 
nobody's searching my house. And the guy said, man, could you come down here? So I jumped down the stairs. The four of them in there, and I'm like, what? Okay, James, my house is 7,200 square feet. I have about a half a million dollars with the cars, new cars, in my yard. And now, head off, hold me back up. Did not come from George Floyd. <laughs> Those were selling Joneses. You know, well, well I think my audience, my audience knows you had a hotel and all of that. From, so, you know, so, I've, been, I've yeah. been eating. I've been eating. I've yeah. been eating my whole life because I grew up poor in a bucket, using a bucket, no indoor plumbing. And that motivated me not to want to be there, not to want to do that. Nobody around me, I saw, I wanted to be like, because if everybody around you is poor and they're all suffering, they're all starving, uh, why would you want to be that? So, Nobody that I saw growing up as a kid, uh, I wanted to be like, but it was one person that motivated me. She was five foot 11, about 240 pounds. That was her name was Lauren Jones. And she told me, winners never quit. Quitters never win. So let's mm -hmm. keep it. So me and Liz, I got Liz, remind me about the 18 foot tree. So I'm in the house. I go downstairs and they're down there. And what is this about? I, pull, I pulled my politically correct voice out. So and to see if that would, you know, deter them from doing what they were going to do. So what's happening? So what are we doing today? What's going on here? <laughs> well, we want to search your house. I'm like, well, you ain't searching my damn house. Because if you're going to tell me, first of all, that I, my, where my car gave out of gas, it was right in front of the chief of police's house. It was right in front of the guy that owned the store's house. So that means that I got out of my car. I had to run a mile, Shanks, to rob the store. Then I had to run a mile back with a case of bush light and a carton of cool cigarettes. My motel is three blocks from the store. Uncle Selwyn, it's unfortunate because so many people, because of the color of their skin, are accused of similar crimes. And I hate funny. that that happened to you. It was and, funny. Um, if you don't mind, I, I want to go back to the question that you had asked when it comes to how do you stay motivated when people sure. try to steer you off track? Sure. And for me, it's when we stop making things about ourselves and we put ourselves in other people's shoes and you keep hearing these stories and and you we have friends that have lost their loved ones to police brutality and you want to tell their story. You You want to help them overcome and triumph through this horrendous storm. And then also... It's, it's for our, our future generations. We're not going to be here too long, but our children, their children, how are we going to set the tone now? So that's what motivates me. It's, it's not about, yes, you know, we can get on our own mind and, and have self-doubts. Like, is this really going to work? Or, you know, it's, it's, it's just setting those goals, daily goals. Who can we impact? How can we impact and go into different communities with our events and, and specialists and, and tools that we can help provide to get them through the storms. And, and that's just what continues to motivate me. And I, I believe Uncle Selwyn as well. And even when he has to go through those situations, when he's being accused in a, in a community, when he's a national activist, um, it's, it's ridiculous. But he has been able to accomplish some things even in his town to get that Confederate flag removed off the police uniforms. Why did they? Why did Gettysburg, South Dakota, have a Confederate flag on there? Because they weren't part of the Civil War. <laughs> like, why did they have that in, in the first place? You the know? heritage. <laughs> The heritage, the heritage, 
Most people use the word heritage. Guess what? They're using their heritage for not the not the heritage part of the Civil War. They're using it as the hateful part of the Civil War. That's the reason why people donned that flag. That flag. Yeah. I grew up with people. I I grew up in North Carolina, so I know plenty of people that that uh that still have the flag. You know, and that that's the heritage. But the people that donned the flag where I'm at, they're using that hate heritage that goes with mm-hmm. the flag. That's the connection. That's the connection. You know what I'm and, saying? And it's in, it's intimidation as well. It's intimidation, and um, when you have hate groups flying the flag, and then you want to fly the flag too, it kind of makes you like you're affiliated. <laughs> it makes it look like you associate with the same belief system that these hate groups have. <clears throat> but what what I will say is, there's a lot of positive things that have come out of this movement, and you know, communities like the one I live in, like I'm very proud of the community that I live in. How did you end up there? So my roots are here. My family settled in Ponca, Arkansas, about 40 minutes from where I live. Beautiful. People travel from all over the world to come to the Buffalo National River. That's my family's stomping grounds. And they migrated to Harrison. So I would visit, I grew up visiting here every year, but I had that fear because my cousin would be like, the head of the KKK lives down the road, you know? And I'm like, well, that's unheard of where I live because we have all these different cultures and all these different foods and music and we celebrate each other's differences. Like, so it was moving here was like a culture shock to me, even as a white woman, because of what I was used to, to what it is now. But the hope is that this movement has forced communities like mine to open themselves up to having those conversations and take a stance. And this community has gathered together to take a stance and become a louder voice than the small percent who are racist in this community and and start doing things to bring unity and bring a more welcoming spirit here. And yes, I, I am proud to be to live in Harrison, Arkansas now. And just because there's people coming in and there was a viral video that went out to, to label us the most racist town in the nation. An individual came for three days and he, he took all the negative comments because there are people that have that mindset to say, you know, BLM, they were saying rude things. Um, but it's definitely not the most racist. I, I mean, you could see the things that he's going through in his I community in the that north. Town. Racism is everywhere, right? I'm living and, in town. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> It's it's just it's one of those things where we just have to continue to move forward and try to make the best situation possible for the future generations to come. What we do now sets the tone. So how so, is how are any listener out there? How are you going to have an impact? How are you leaving your footprint? You know, what kind of footprint are you leaving behind? What kind of messages are you delivering? You know, be mindful, be mindful before you make bold statements, be mindful of other people's experiences before you come out and express your opinion because your opinion can, you know, attract other people to be like, yeah, I agree. But without really having a full understanding, just like the Brittany Griner and, and people labeling her, she hates America. She hates America. When did she ever say she hates America? She dissected some lyrics from the national anthem when people were in a moment of putting their foot down on, look, the systemic racism exists today and it, there's still effects of it. And just because she was dissecting the lyrics of the national anthem does not mean she hates America. And, 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 um, yeah, I think that, you know, when we make those judgments, it's, it's difficult. I mean, we've had, um, 
you know, we're going back to Paul Robeson and the communist um, movements and things like that. There's always been um, individuals of our hue, Uncle Selwyn, and individuals who fight with us who have been labeled as anti-American or hating America. And, you know, that's just the way to get around um, having a conversation about the actual things that these individuals have um, spoke to and about. So um, that's that's a regular Wednesday. You know, anyone who speaks truth to power is going to be labeled anti-patriotic um, or anti-American or, um, you know, so that's that. I think the important thing for um, individuals like yourself, Liz, who, and individuals like you, so, and I mean, you guys are examples of folks who kind of live in the heart of what people um, on, you know, either side of the coast, you know, whether it's California or New York, you know what I mean, would say uh, those people are the problem with our country. You know what I mean? And you're both in the heart of that kind of fight, trying to make change, trying to um, bring education, like you said, Uncle Selwyn, which I think is very important. I mean, there are people, I mean, shoot, I, you know, I lived in Philadelphia area for um, many years. And I like huh? Philly. I like Philly. Philly, Philly is Philly. But, you know, what we all, and um, our producer Have you ever Anthony, heard of them? Have you ever heard of the Mod? The Mod? The Mod family. No. They blew, they dropped a bomb. The move, the move, the move. Is that it? Yeah, move. Yeah, oh, yeah, move. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. 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 <laughs> That's crazy. Very, yeah, very familiar. Yep. Very That's familiar. crazy. But they, you know, a common um kind of antidote in Philadelphia, in Pennsylvania, um, in general, is that Pennsylvania is Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, and Alabama in between. So <laughs> those of us know that even outside of Philadelphia, even in the outskirts of Philadelphia, you'll see those Confederate flags flying. You'll see the, them on the back of trucks in the Walmart. And this is 15 minutes from Philadelphia, which is one of the most diverse cities in the country. So I think that um, I guess my question on that is or just, you know, what I want comment from you, commentary from you guys with is sometimes we get an understanding of the struggle based on proximity. So, um, you know, whether um, Liz growing up in a in a, a diverse community and then raising multicultural children and having that proximity to the cause to the movement to just understanding the plight of people of color but you know there's That's millions funny. upon millions I would say even the majority of the people in this country who have no proximity to blackness some folks like I said even in Pennsylvania who have never seen a black person I went to school with real, some I had life. friends I went to school with some of them have you and, ever been to the house? Right. And you played <laughs> football, Uncle yeah, Selwyn. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. you know a lot of those guys, that's the first they're only black, only ex- black my teammates. That's the only teammates. black people no, I've ever seen, I ever know. And how how do we go about making it matter to them? Making See, them that's cheer. that's our struggle. That is our struggle, is how do we get the ears that really need to hear it to listen? You know, and, and that's why we, we have a, a unique approach to what 
we're going to do with Hope929. And if you want to ever visit hope929.org is our website, anyone out there, because we might be coming to a community near you. And, and you know, what brings people together? Sports, entertainment, food. So, so creating events that provides tools, that provides community um, collaboration and help build more sustainability. That's our approach to what we're doing with Hope 929. So, yeah, that's the difficult part because people are going off of what they see on TV. And then you have you create these stereotypes and, oh, don't talk to them because, you know, if they're wearing a hoodie, you know, they're a threat. They got an extra bone like, in their leg. Oh, like, <laughs> it's just I ridiculous. We're people. People are people. Like, we don't have to fear each other because we're different or we look different. We're really a lot more alike than we are different. And it's just important to realize that. How do we get people that need to hear these messages to actually listen to podcasts like these? You know, that's 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 our struggle right now. The only difference between me, you and her is that beautiful hair that you have. I'm bald. (laughs) She's got hair. She's got different. She's got less pigmentation in her skin. But I promise you, if she slips on the ice, she gonna hurt. If she if uh, if she, when she gets sick, she feels bad. Hmm. And people need to understand it. We're all the same. We have all the same makeup. Racism is a taught DNA. Somebody think about this. How would it be for me to sit down and tell my little babies, listen here. Anybody that skin lighter than ours, we don't like. If you see them at school, you look at them, you pick at them. If they don't have a bigger house than we have, you don't talk to them. Think about those conversations that people actually have with their kids. What if we We shifted that conversation to, you know, don't be the smartest person in the room. Surround yourself by intellectual people, you know those kinds of messages would be a lot more effective than trying to differentiate people based on their skin color. I don't know. That's just my perspective. I don't know how crazy that is, man. For you to look at somebody and because they're tall, they're short, they might be a little heavy, might be a little husky, or your hair, or your facial hair. Think about how judgmental people are. By appearances socioeconomic class the smartest person in the room could be a homeless person under a bridge you know you don't know what his walk was in life you know like if you're basing it based on appearance you're missing out on a lot everybody has a lot everybody has a story brother so the the platform the platform you're both on right now uh major journalism uh the sponsorship the platform the production behind that is um, the people versus the anti-people. I'm wearing the shirt. Hey, uh, double X, double X. I got you. you know, <laughs> we'll, I'll get an address from both of you guys and we'll, we'll send you something out. And so, the, the, you know, the mentality behind that, obviously, um, as as a brother, um, one who has read, who has done some studying, you know, my fight, and my purpose is, you know, centered in um, our freedom. Um, and are we ever going to be free? Well, you know, that's that's a, that's that's a good question. But I think the people 
of themselves. And I get, you know, asked that question all the time. And in wrapping up, I, I wanted to get your thoughts on that as well. Because um, what you've both exemplified in this um, conversation and just in your work is um, the work of the people. And um, Uncle Selwyn, you said earlier in the conversation just that, that, um, you know, I'm black first, but I'm here for all people. I'm here for, um, and I look at it as more of a mentality. I think that the mentality of the people are those individuals, those entities, those groups, those organizations who understand that we're all one and that we're think about this. Um, fighting and moving towards us all being one. And I, you know, I think once we distinguish that, then we can, it's obvious who the anti people are or what the anti people is. What are the um, organizations? What are the mentalities? What are, what are the um, individuals who exhibit anti people behavior who are against us being together, who are against us being as one, I hatred, guess. Hatred, jealousy, envy is a powerful emotion, my man. It's a powerful emotion. And it's all, a, it's all fear-based, really. I, it's I a, had a it's, situation, it's, oh, God, about a month and a half ago. And I'm sitting here, and one of my friends called me from North Carolina, and she's like, Uncle Selwyn, I'm going to send you something. Look at it. And it was the fourth recruit. In the United States, cornerback that lived in outside of Burlington, North Carolina, and he had a 14-year-old girlfriend. He was a senior; she was a sophomore. Should have had his butt whooped. And they went missing. And her little 17-year-old boyfriend followed them. They snuck out. They went in the woods. And the little seventeen-year-old kid followed. Him. This was sad. This was Friday. Sunday they found him. They questioned the boy, and they wouldn't. They did not arrest him because he was under the age of eighteen, and he killed two people. Mm. And they didn't. And they didn't arrest him. He's not arrested yet. So, I reckon in my mind, there's nothing you can do. If you don't care, you don't care. And those aren't the people that we want to communicate with and talk to. If you want to hear me, I want you to hear me. If mm. you don't want to hear me, if you think, hey, I need to go to Africa, hey, guess what? I'm not going. It's 126 degrees in the shade over there. I don't want to be there. It's too hot. But uh, I'll leave you. I, I, I'll leave your presence, man. I'll leave your presence. Shanks, I think that's why DEI training, diversity, equity, and inclusion training is so important in conversations today in organizations and police departments and schools. And we we actually have a special guest that we're going to interview on the 17th of this month. And it'll come out at the beginning of the year. But I went to a racial equity summit, Central Arkansas, and she has a book. Her name's Candace Maxwell. She has a book called Shatter the System. And I was just going to quote one of the things she she teaches, and it's that equity leadership is a personal journey of reflection, and the leader must be willing to not only declare equity as a driving force, but also demonstrate how equity is internalized and embedded in their personal beliefs and exemplified through their work. It's a prime example of what people need to do is unlearn certain things that they might have been taught growing up, 
talking to white people right now. Like, yes, we can you communicate? I'm, 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 that's a, I'm, that's, that's a for you, Liz, because, um, yeah, you know, and we've had that conversation a lot on a guest in the house podcast with my, um, buddy, uh, Mickey Hess and just the role of the white ally and just understanding that just what you said, this is a conversation that in the mainstream should be having with the mainstream and, and, and people like you who get it and are fighting against that mentality and against that current me and Uncle Selwyn don't need to be convinced of this, you know? No, I, I, <laughs> right? and I get that. And, a, and, yeah. and the majority of our population aren't aware of of the fight and the struggle that you guys experience. And people like me, I, I feel like could could help promote that, you know, help be a voice and and help pull people along. Like, hey, let's let's be open to this. Some people aren't even aware of of the things that they're saying are racist and mm. are offensive. And especially to those who've been oppressed, if you're flaunting that Confederate flag, it's offensive, especially to those who've been oppressed. And right. what they don't understand, mindfulness. Is, um, what they don't understand is, it's us today, it's them tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's and, <laughs> because at the end of the day, like Uncle Selwyn alluded to um, when we had the conversation about uh, Candace Owens, this is a money thing. It's always going to be a money and power thing, and the always. minute that. The, 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 you know, Confederate flag waving, whatever. I mean, well. What do you think about January 6th? There's a power structure, there's a power structure that is in power and maintains its power that needs hatred and ignorance to continue. And the minute that some of these people who don't have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of, uh, realize that the the trick's been played on them the whole time and they let go of just the, well, at least I'm not black and realize and, like, hey, you know what? And treat me like one. Police brutality yeah. doesn't discriminate on color. Yeah. There might be more instances for people of color, but when it comes to, you, you see it happening to all backgrounds. Right now, if and you it, are poor, if, you, if you're not in the economic range, that was my point. You yeah. are just like a black person. You are ghetto. Prime example, the guy, what is it, Rittenhouse, Wittenhouse, whatever his name is, a lot of people thought that the people that he killed are black. I we, what, we, what we need, what we need, I think, to, to help fix that is qualified professionals. There needs to be more training. It's not necessarily, I don't know what your opinion is about defunding. I don't believe, I don't think we need to necessarily defund. I just think we need to hold officers accountable for their actions. We need more training and um, hire actual highly qualified. And then while they're in the force, continue to have those assessments, mental assessments, because of what they go through, you kind of get numb and immune to certain things. If you look at like the data and the statistics of police officers, there's high domestic violence, high suicide rates within the force, like the highest compared to the general population. So those types of issues, mental health and all of that needs to be addressed internally. Legislation needs to be changed. We were helping with um, the medical physicians committee out of Massachusetts. Um, They've been working on passing a medical civil rights bill for the population um, because right now we don't have a right to request medical care while being detained. 
and we're trying to pass it to where that can come into play. They would have to cease and then help assist individuals if this bill were to be passed. So there's so many discrepancies and issues that we need to bring to light and help make a change. But little by little, we can make a difference. Everybody can, you know, and, and if we could come together and have conversation, that's where it starts. Block party. Block party. <laughs> I'm rocking the block party. Block party. Uncle Selwyn, what is in that light and in in that vein, what is one, two, three, where do we where do we start in your opinion? And I'll ask the same question for you, Liz. Communication, conversation, motiv motivation, and education. That's the only way we can do this. If you don't know, you don't know. If you don't care, we don't want you. We want I want to associate with people that are like me. And when not, when a fool talks, guess what you want to do? You want to listen. Because the next time you hear those words come out of somebody's mouth, you know that this isn't the person that you want to waste your time with. I don't think nobody's lost. Nobody's lost. Everybody has a chance to, to be a normal human being to care. But we, but that age demographic between 35 and down is where I want to work. Because people my age, change, we got to die before the world changes. But I, we're all human. We're, we're emotional beings, right? So if, if people could just hear the stories, the personal stories, and then feel their heartstrings being pulled, I think that could change even the older generations. That's what I believe. That's just what I believe in my I, heart. I, I had a bunch I, of old people. I, I, I appreciate your optimism, Liz. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Me and because yeah. We yeah. know. Uh, old, the older they are, the more they hate us. It's simple. You know, because they were thinking about this. And that's okay, because they won't be here forever. They won't be here um, forever. You know, we've got to focus on the babies. Don't, and, <laughs> don't yeah. care about, if you don't care, I don't care. But if you, yeah. uh, I care about everybody. There's a mentality that's just going to, it's going away already. And that's what some of this is about. Just the holding on. It's like the, you know, the final, you know, whatever of, 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 of this mentality that's, it's dying. Yeah. So, but you know, man, it's, I've met a whole lot of uh, mature people. That's what I call them. Long in the tooth that are not the angry, hate black, hate black. Wow, Mr. Uncle Selwyn, I appreciate and I thank you for your strength of what you're doing. And I want to touch, I, I want to feel my head. I want to touch, but you want to send it to me? So, you know, man, I know that it's working. It is working because that death, that uh, video, you had a lot of people watch that that had no idea, that didn't care. But, that video made the whole world stop for three days. For three days, the whole world stopped because they wanted to, they wanted to make a stand, and they made the stand. So, and what that what that does for me and Liz is it gives us an opportunity to keep making that stand, to keep making the stand. Uh, what else can I do, man? What else can you what do? Tell us, do um, tell us, tell us before we wrap um, again. Tell us about the book. 
Tell us about the podcast. Tell us about the nonprofit and um, any words of encouragement because we want to always end with some encouragement. Um, you know, especially sometimes we go into the doom and gloom of it, but we want to end with some encouragement. So tell us everything you got going on and give us some encouragement. I'm not going to sing a song yet, but I will. <laughs> Setting the Strike with Selwyn podcast. You got to check that out because you got me and my co-host Liz. We're telling some good stuff. We're we're educating, motivating. Uh, we are talking to... Uh, I, it's some irritation, you said. Irritation. Dog, I got mm-hmm. like five or six different variations. <laughs> but, you know, we got a lot of enthusiastic people that are that are making a difference. Uh, I want people to be equal. I want people to know that we only come here for a short amount of time. Why don't we live a good life? live a respectable life because as the great James Brown said got to do right by yourself and hatred or hating someone because of their skin what they have what they don't have that ain't being right by yourself that's being cruel to yourself that's being in a gate that's being in a cage locking yourself in but February 20th it will be here Silent Civil War that my nephew exposed. Uh, autographed copies, fan entertainment. You know, so we, I just got it going on. Liz, help me out because you know I got that short-term memory. I'm like, <laughs> like you said, podcast, Revolver Media platform. It's on all major podcasts, Spotify, Apple, whatever your preference is. Setting it straight with Selwyn. If you want to pre-order his book for an autographed copy before February, fanentertainment.net you can purchase his book highly recommend all backgrounds will enjoy the historical perspective no matter what your stance is on these issues hope929.org is our nonprofit organization and we have some events that we are in the works of planning yes please tune into our podcast we have some profound guests that have amazing stories and knowledge and Join the conversation with us. And you can uh, watch me and Liz butt heads all the time. Because, uh, well, not necessarily. No. You know, well, somebody's got to put you in your place, Uncle Sowen. And, and your wife, she does a tremendous job. Same you know, sometimes I think I think we need to get Miss Joe Jones on, on the podcast. But no, in all seriousness, um, just, just for people listening out there, you know, you have a place, a purpose, and a power to make the difference. And it's important to identify what your purpose is here on life. You, It's a miracle that you're here to begin with, you know, and just being more aware and mindful of every step that you take and, and what you're leaving behind is, 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 what I, is what I preach to my children and my students. I'm an educator. I teach second grade and helping them realize that, you know, the one thing you get to leave behind is your impact. And, and this is a holiday season where I know a lot of people might be going through some mental health struggles because of the added stresses and um, just pulling yourself out of that funk by, by realizing what your purpose is. And, you know, maybe it might bring you joy to help others, whether it's giving or just lending a hand and having conversations and make sure you're reaching out and talking to people because you're never alone. Doing something, doing something. If you said setting that, it straight, Selwyn is our social handle. Setting it straight, Selwyn, Instagram, I, Twitter, Facebook. Instagram, you name it. But beautiful, a lot of people beautiful. sitting back and doing, sitting back and, and being quiet. 
does you know that, that only that only soothes your heart. It doesn't it doesn't soothe anybody else's. Silence if, only perpetuates the issues. If you got something to say, say it. Say it. Reach out to somebody. Think about it first, though. Yep. Yep. Oh man, let me tell you that part. Think about it. <laughs> thank you, Shanks. Thank you so much for having us. We appreciate you. We thank like you, thank you. Doing. I it's appreciate to have this conversation. I appreciate both of you. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your work. I appreciate your efforts, Uncle Selwyn. Thank hey, man. you, always, Liz Darden. Thank you. This is Major Journalism. Happy, yes, happy holidays. Although this will probably be out after the holidays. Happy New Year. Good, <laughs> <laughs> happy New Year. It's all good. God bless you, baby. Let me know. Yep. Much love. God bless. <laughs> <laughs>